traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work, as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodoo of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and call them to the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Kat and Contraman Ali. Ms. Kat? Well... Thank you, Papa Newt, and thank you for doing double duty today. I love it when you're a guest, but no one can announce like you do. So when you can both be our announcer and our guest, that makes it a very special day. It also makes it, for those who are keeping score, a three-tourist day. (laughs) All right. Um, So uh, I'll tell you something about us Tauruses. We're always here. Week after week after week. That's what we do. That's what we do best. All right. Well, I'm going to tell everybody what's been going on at the Lucky Mojo Shop and in my life. So um, we are uh, working very hard on um, making products. I made two uh, stock oils today. Um, One of them was John the Conqueror, which is totally one of my absolute favorites, and the other was Blessing. So today I smell like a a combination of um, a men's locker room and a church. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> then I went to go in to break up Devil Shoestrings. And um, uh, Devil Shoestrings is a, um, a, a a root. You wouldn't think it has a lot of smell. Um, but we got some sound in the background. Can you mute some folks out? Because it ain't me. Um uh, the um, devil shoestrings has a smell. You wouldn't think it. It's just a dried old root. But when you work with, a, a, you know, a, a crowns of it and you're breaking them up, there's this scent, and it's a kind of a strange, weird mm. scent. It, I would not call it pleasant. I would not call it unpleasant. I would call it characteristic of devil shoestrings, and it just sort of wafts around. So now I've got that added on to my hands because I've been breaking those up and putting them in packages for people. So I really do smell like an occult shop right here uh, sitting at the computer. Um, Let's see. What else is new? Black and white magic. Remember, I told you all it had gone to press. Well, it is at press. We are getting advance orders on it. We're so happy. We don't know if we'll have it back in our hands before Christmas. Probably not because they take a long Christmas in Canada. We'll probably have it the first week of of January. 
Um, but we are uh, expecting it in. If you want to order black and white magic, genuine black and white magic of Marie Laveau, that's our edition, the one that I worked on, um, we'll hold your order till it ships. If you order other things with it, and some people have, we will split ship it at no extra charge for you. In other words, we'll send you everything else, and then we'll hold that black and white magic as a back order, and they're all going to go out on the same day, we hope. So we're real excited. We've seen the proofs. We've seen the book. It looks great. We're real, really thrilled about that. Um, the other new news, I'm working on the red folder. I'm about mm, a third of the way through laying out the type. Deacon Millet is uh, uh, going to be um, helping us with the Crystal Silence League books. Now, we had these two little booklets, and all y'all who mm. are fans of the shop or the show or know about the website for the crystalsilenceleague.org. The Crystal Silence League is a prayer chain, and we have two little booklets that we give away free if you order a crystal ball. And um, there is one that's called Personal Codes and Lessons, and the other one is called Crystal Gazing. And they were both written by Claude Alexander Conlon, who his stage name or performance name was Alexander, the man who knows. Well, that man wrote these very good books on crystal gazing. And we've been putting them out as little saddle-stitched, little wannabe books. They are now going to come out as a 96-page book. And Deacon Millet has taken on the typesetting, editing, and restoration of that. Mm. Thank God. I can't do any more. I already did the reformatting of personal codes into a 32-page book. Everyone knows the type's pretty tiny. He's going to put the type back to a more readable size. It's going to end up being, oh, maybe probably 64 pages out of a 96-er. Then we got the crystal gazing. It's going to be a 96-page book by hook or by crook, by come hell or high water. It will be a 96-page book, (laughs) and it'll have uh, Claude Conlon's beautiful face on the cover. Um, And that is material that first came out from 1912, 1919, up to 1921. Very important um, historical information on um, the use of the crystal for magic and for meditation. So that book is now in progress. And um, Deacon Millet has also signed on that at the upcoming Hoodoo Heritage Festival, he is going to be teaching a workshop on attracting new love. Um, So there'll be uh, some work that you can do. There'll be some spells, and that'll be his workshop. Uh, Lady Muse, who's been a guest on this show several times, and many of you know her through AIR, Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and her church, the House of Self-Empowerment, Lady Muse has agreed to have a workshop with us on fertility and childbirth spells. And um, her material from the you know the workshop, instead of a flyer, is going to go into the red folder, as will Deacon Millet. So the red folder will contain samples of everything since the black folder came out, plus all of this year's new stuff, plus samples from all of the books that have come out in all that time. It'll be a 136-page book. It'll retail for $12, just like the black folder. Do not sign up for it yet. It hasn't yet gone to press. I'll let you know when the red folder goes to press. Now, and that'll be given away as a bonus goodie at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which will be May 11th and 12th, 2019. Okay? Now, we are... um, down to Papa Newt, who's going to be our guest today. Papa Newt is uh, working on a book on on patron saints. He has not finished the book, so I don't think the book is going to be out in time for the um, 
festival, but he's going to do a workshop. Um, last year he did a very well-received workshop on working with St. Joseph and a few other saints. It was part of a uh, an altar to St. Joseph to raise money for the victims of the fire that devastated the city of Santa Rosa. This coming year he's going to be talking more about saints, working with saints, the whole Catholic folk saint um, way of, of doing conjure and hoodoo. So that's going to be his his workshop, and he's going to have a flyer from that. But that flyer won't be a loose flyer. It'll be part of the red folder, same as the others. All right, yes, and Papa Newt puts a note in the chat room. He raised $200. That's right. We had an altar to St. Joseph, and we raised the money, and it was given to the fund for rebuilding. Uh, you know, people put their little um, pennies and quarters and dollars and cents in that on that altar, and it was a lovely offering. So that went to charity to rebuild houses. Okay, so that's what I've been up to, working very hard. Um, I may uh, have more book announcements as time goes by, but at the present moment, that's what I got for you. And we will have a more full lineup of who's going to be presenting at the workshops in May. But as you all know, these things are all subject to change without notice, and I don't want to speak prematurely. But um, we are we are getting the lineup together, and we will have a full program as we always do, and that will be the last Hoodoo Heritage uh, Festival that I host. Doesn't mean it'll be the last one. If someone picks up the baton and runs, they get the baton, and I've promised them I will show up and be a presenter. But someone else has to pick it up. No one has yet. We'll see what happens. But in any case, if you want to see a Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Hosted by me at my old farmstead in Forestville, California. May 11th and 12th is the date to get there. The tickets will go on sale in January. All right. And um, that's it for me. I will now turn this over to Contraband Ali. What's been going on in your life? Oh, you know, I've been busy in doing my, you know, what I do best. It's winter finally here in Southern California, so I've got to shout that out. I was, um, I, you know, and I, we've talked about this, cat. the seasons have really shifted in California, yes. very obviously. And, and kind of, we end up, like, especially in SoCal, we have 90 degree weather on Thanksgiving. And, and that's just a mind boggle. Um, and mm-hmm. so we're finally starting to see the beginnings of winter down here. We're starting to get a little bit colder, uh, and that's always nice. And whenever kind of winter comes around, I start to do, for whatever reason, I I end up getting a lot of clients that ask for ancestor work, that ask for uh, healing work, that ask for work related to uh, the dead, related to families, broken families in particular. And I think part of this is the fact that people come together um, in the holidays and they're reminded of the fact that they haven't talked to their sister in, in six years or, mm-hmm. or, you know, they haven't seen their mother in 10 years, things like that. So this is definitely a, a, an interesting um, uh, trend is whenever winter comes around, a lot of work in that regard. And I think that dovetails so wonderfully with the topic that Papa knew, uh, brought for us. So I, when I read it, like that, that was the topic, I'm like, oh my God, that fits so wonderfully with the trend that I see in clients around this time of year. Uh oh. Did I lose oh. Contraband Ollie? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I think I cut out silent. for a second there. Dead air. 
dead air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just cut out for some reason. Dang. Anyway, no, that's, that's not common around here. No, well, generally not. My, not all right. Well, all. You just, he just wound himself up, turned off, and sat himself down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I usually don't have audio problems. It just cut off. What I was oh. say, what I was trying to say, uh, I think the last, I don't know what the last thing you all heard was, was that I, I'm very much looking forward to this topic because it dovetails really nicely with uh, the work that I've been doing with my clients this past month. Um, really a lot of work for, for healing, really a lot of work with ancestors, um, and a lot of work for kind of dealing with, you know, the, the, the icky stuff that also comes with the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's bring on Papa Newt, our, our uh, guest. So let me introduce Papa Newt to anybody who's been hiding under a rock for the past umpty years. Um, Papa Newt is um, Omaha's okay. premier Conjure Doctor, um, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful reader, wonderful root worker, a member of AIR. Um, he is just a, a fantastic guy. He does live readings uh, at the Next Millennium in Omaha if you want live readings. He reads at psychic fairs. He reads by the phone. Wonderful reader, wonderful root doctor, and he um, has his own little shop that he sells uh, products and and. He's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Welcome to the show, Papa Newt. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> right, you're so welcome. Uh, <laughs> and he has the most hypnotic voice of anyone who's in air, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Papa Newt um, brought us the topic of um, beating the holiday blues. So I think we all know what that is. I'm just going to say one thing. Um, the holidays mean different things to different people. Um, I, I'm i Jewish, so our holidays are kind of don't always come at the same time as Christmas. I can't say that Hanukkah comes with a lot of blues attached. I guess it might sometimes. But I do have a lot of Christian friends whose expectations are so high around Christmas. And I'll tell you the one thing that always I notice, if someone dies out the family, around Christmas, it ruins Christmas for them forever. I can tell you one thing as a Jew, I'm lucky. Someone can die on Hanukkah, but next year Hanukkah is on a different day. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's what happens right. when you have a lunar calendar. <laughs> All right. So I'm not an expert on this, but I know there are a lot of people who get depression. I know there's a lot of increase in suicides. And, um, yeah, that's the only advantage that a lunar calendar has. Um a secular calendar and a lunar calendar, they're out of whack. So take it away, Papa Newt. <laughs> let's let's talk about beating the holiday blues. Thank you so much. Um, well, and that's that's the thing I I see. You know, I was raised Catholic, and I have seen that. Um, oh, the rise of depression, or people putting themselves into debt because they are trying to outdo themselves from last year and all that little silliness. But yet, but around this time, for various reasons, there are people that um, start to get uh, a form of depression taking place. And it's understandable for a lot of us here in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, it starts to get dark early. Um, so, you know, uh, here in, in, in 
Omaha. We have snow on the ground, and it's been there for a while. I mean, it's for us, this is the only time in the Midwest where we're really a desert. There's nothing alive in a sense. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, a depressing time in that regards as well. Um, and so it is important to look at other options or ways to keep your spirits elevated uh, to be of uh, to, to just get through I mean to enjoy this the season because it is should be no matter what your faith it is it is a time of celebration mm-hmm. you know, well you know uh, you you mentioned something about about light and uh, darkness and uh, cold and, and warmth um, there really is a seasonal thing sad Kelly Mojo girl just mentioned it and I put in what it is it's seasonal affective disorder and it is mm-hmm. serious it is a serious problem for many people it is a diagnosed mental illness and um, people who have it literally need to go to Florida or get a sun lamp because they they fall apart um, and I don't think that that anyone needs to be embarrassed or ashamed of having it but when you think about what Christmas is all those lights and everything they are more or less ways that instinctively intuitively pragmatically and um and and practically people have tried to beat that that tree with those lights will help combat sad mm, yeah what's interesting too is that it's not just at least in in my I was telling my my colleague the other day that the season the, the winter season is always a hectic because of christmas and i tend to to completely because i don't i don't celebrate Christmas myself. Um, but I have family that does and I have friends that do. And so I'll participate in their stuff, but I don't actively do it. But as a result of that, I also don't want to get caught up in the craziness. So it's impossible to go to the out in public in a lot of places during the season, shopping craziness. I remember one time I went to go pick up a, a book that I was, I was very interested in. This is back when Borders was a thing, and it was cruelly killed off by the market. Um, I loved Borders, and I went to go pick up this book. Um, I bought the book, and then I spent literally an hour and a half just in the parking lot trying to get out. And it was Christmas time. And that, for me, sealed them. Like, I'm never doing this again. I refuse to go to concentrate. So one area, one aspect is that it's just the social component, right? There's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of uh, stress. There's a lot of things going on. But there's also a, a deeply spiritual component to the winter uh, solstice and to winter time that I think plays the fact in this. I was telling a colleague of mine that we often talk about Halloween as the scariest time of the year. But Halloween and the sea and the kind of holidays that are associated from Samhain to All Souls Day to the Day of the Dead, All Saints Day, etc., are all kind of ancestors and spirits that we are familiar with. But the real ghouls and goblins and monsters and scary things come out in Christmas. And from time immemorial, all the kind of winter solstice traditions were about keeping the darkness at bay and preserving mm-hmm. the light. Keeping, I mean, we, and we still see it in Europe today, maybe not so much in America, from Krampus to, to, to the uh, Yule Cat, to all of these kind of goblins and ghouls and monsters that show up. So I think part of the spiritual work that we do in the wintertime and during Christmas is, uh, is about apotropaic. It's about holding off that darkness, holding off 
sadness, holding off the demons and the devils, and preserving the light that exists within. So I think working with candles, working with lamps, working with lights, working with fire, all these things uh, are, are great ways of helping to preserve the light and hold off that darkness. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a really good thing to say. And we also have heat and light because, of course, mm. not just do the little Christmas lights give off heat, but, you know, um, Nordic things like the Yule log is actually used, was used in the old day to heat the building, too. Exactly. So um, there's that. And then there's, a, of course, another thing about uh, that is common to many of these ceremonies. The more north you go, the more. There are plants that are evergreen and plants that are deciduous. Mm -hmm. In the tropics, pretty much everything is evergreen. The farther north you go, the more plants have adapted to the seasonal cold by just dropping their leaves and giving up and hibernating, more or less. But some trees did not make that adaptation. The conifers, and there were also a few deciduous evergreens, like holly. So deck the halls with boughs of holly. And Mm -hmm. this is the idea of finding the, the, the Christmas wreath the Christmas tree, and the plants that are still green and bringing them to you to remind yourself that mm. greenery is still with us. And, of mm-hmm. course, in modern society, that has given rise to the artificial Christmas tree, the artificial Christmas wreath, and so forth. Um, it's not exactly a substitute, but the idea is to bring some greenery into the house, even though it's all snowy, white, and dead outside. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it helps your spirit. Um, oh, absolutely. And I think you can do this even uh, magically so. I mean, if you bring in a little bit of gr- a green plant into the house, you should be burying something in that potted plant um, and mm-hmm. watering it. Uh, bury it in there and make that potted plant into a magical uh, uh, container that will contain. Mm-hmm. And you can use the principles that, that we're talking about uh, of bringing uh, light into the house and preserving it and keeping the darkness at bay into that concept. You can put in a spell for happiness and joy and blessing and all the good things in life. You can put that in a container, bury it at your potted plant, keep that potted plant alive until spring, um, until spring comes. And that's a way of spiritually re- reenacting the sort of uh, historical seasonal act that people did during this time of bringing the green within, of bringing the light within, and holding off the darkness until spring came about. You could do that with a potted plant. Bury something at the bottom of that potted plant to keep it alive uh, and preserve it so that it helps you through the dark nights of winter. And well, also... You know, oh, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, speaking of holly, if I remember correctly, um, it has been used to put above doorways, um, keep people's spirits out, uh, bring in that form of protection. Um, so if I remember correctly, uh, holly is also another uh, holy. Uh, and so it's another thing you can do to uh, keep such influences out of your home during this time. Yeah, I'm going to throw in a couple more. Of course, mistletoe. We all know about, mm-hmm. about kissing mm-hmm. under the mistletoe. It's another plant mm-hmm. that stays green throughout the year. Now, there's another one that has a that's funny to me. Uh, there's a kind of a plant called a Christmas cactus. And this oh, is, yes. um, you all know what I mean. It's not a cactus mm-hmm. like with all spininess all over. It's kind of flat pads for leaves, and there's two little kind of hooky spines on them, but they're not sharp. And then it blooms. There's two 
types that are real popular. One is called Thanksgiving Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving cactus, and the other is Christmas cactus. There's even an Easter cactus. They all bloom with different levels of light and heat. They can all be kept in pots. In California, mm-hmm. it is very, very common for people to have a Christmas cactus. You don't have to keep them anywhere special. You just water them. They they like more water than a regular cactus. But at Thanksgiving, when the Thanksgiving cactus is blooming, you bring it out as the centerpiece at the table. At Christmas, when the Christmas cactus is blooming, you bring it out as the centerpiece. And at oh, Easter... Yeah. Or Pesach, you bring out the Easter cactus when it's blooming. You bring it out of the back room where it was growing, kind of dull green. Some of them have a kind of a, a ruddy red undertone to the green. And then all of a sudden, boom, out come these fabulous pink, yellow, and sometimes mm. even white flowers. And they're wonderful flowers. And um, I've never known that to be a, a tradition outside of a California where it's kind of a warmish climate. You don't yeah. need to have a heated room for them. But everybody I know has those Christmas cactus. They sell them at the yeah. hardware store. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> centerpieces are also really powerful. I mean, you mentioned centerpieces. They're a really powerful way of keeping away the blues and also keeping the peace within the home. You know, part of the blues are tied to the fact that, you know, our family comes up. Not everyone has the best of relationship with their family, and that's unfortunate, and we should always strive to kind of repair those relationships. But if you can't, you can at the very least ensure that things go smoothly while the family is around. Uh, one of the centerpieces that I've, always, that I've recommended for clients, um, and it's quite beautiful, is to take a, a large crystal bowl that you can fill with water. Uh, these are the crystal bowls that you will float candles on. And what you'll mm-hmm. do is you'll fill this uh, crystal ball or crystal or bowl, I should say, with water. Add in a couple drops of peace water or Florida water. Both both can have a similar effect, but peace water is really good. Just a couple drops in there just to kind of cloud up the water a little bit. Put Take some uh, white tea lights, take the tea lights out, and anoint them with house blessing uh, or peaceful home oil. Put them back in their little tins, um, and then float the tins. These are specific tins that allow you to kind of float on the water. On that, light the candles. They're be- they look beautiful. They're gorgeous, kind of Martha Stewart-esque looking centerpiece, but they're also spiritually imbued to bring peace and harmony in your home. And they'll just kind of float very lazily on that water, um, and you'll have a gorgeous light uh, to kind of help turn things and keep things smooth while the family is around. Yeah, that's a that that is a wonderful way to work. And I just posted um, a URL for Good Housekeeping Magazine's article on how to keep your Christmas cactus blooming all through the holidays. <laughs> and they've got a magenta one, they've got pink ones, and so forth. You know, once you see them and you understand them, you'll see why people use them as holiday centerpieces. They're especially yeah. the the pinkish red ones. So. Yeah, but, you know, there's so many things that we do for the holidays. The mulling spices is one Mm -hmm. of the great things, the smell of that. Um, The smell of pine and and, uh, conifers in general. Uh, People use oil diffusers if they don't have a tree. If they do have a tree and the tree is a live tree and it does give off an oil scent, it'll tend to eventually that scent will die down. You can take, um, you know, conifer essential oils or they'll even make a spray, Christmas scent spray. That really gives people a good warm feeling in the home. It is uh, not a, quote, occult or metaphysical spray. You can buy it down at any big box discount store. But it is the the magic of scent, and it will help Mm -hmm. um, make people 
feel better. Now I'm going to talk about something else. Another part of the blues at, at Christmas and at all the holidays is broken family bonds. And mm-hmm. I don't mean the dead. I mean that, you know, that person you never spoke to again after that big fight, whatever. I'm going to recommend, people always talk about make a honey jar, make a honey jar. No, Christmas is the time for Christmas cookies. Everybody, Hanukkah, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody has some cookie that they make at that time of year. Make those cookies. You all know how to make a sugar bowl. Put their mm-hmm. names in paper in the sugar bowl. Pray over that thing. Pray Psalms 133 for people to dwell together in harmony and unity, brothers in unity. And make those Christmas cookies and wrap them up. Put them between layers of wax paper and wrap them up in a tin and send those cookies. That is mm-hmm. the best way to heal the damage caused by the uh, excesses of anger with family members over the year. You may not be able to so talk true. to them again. You may not be able to in the same city with them again. Send them your prayers in, in those cookies. Everyone knows the little cookies that are cut out in the shape of trees, in the shape of Santas, whatever. If that's your family tradition, do them that way. But if you make uh, you know, the little powdered sugar-dipped nut balls or whatever it is you make, brownies or whatever, don't just waste your time. Make that with um, mm-hmm. intention. Pray over the sugar. Pray, put their names in the sugar. Shake that sugar up at least for a week and pray on it every day for a week. And then just make it. Make your recipes with that sugar and say, we're going to be friends again. And, um, right. yes, yeah, Psalms 123 says, Miss Michael, brothers dwelling in unity. And, mm-hmm. you know, make sure when you're making those things is to, you know, have a light going, of course, mixed with, like, tranquility or, you know, if you are of uh, a uh, uh, Christian type faith, the um, the Holy Family uh, uh, oil is a wonderful um, for that this time of year. Um, mm-hmm. With, of course, for uh, for us uh, Catholics, the story of you know Joseph and Mary, they are you know pretty much going through heck trying to find a place, getting away from um, all that foolishness. And trying to find a place for Mary to, you know, about to give birth, um, mm-hmm. and so it's just keeping uh, keeping things together to utilizing that imagery. Of ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, those cookies are fantastic for work as well. If you bring in some of those cookies for your place of employment, because you know a lot of our stress comes from work, and you may not see them over the holidays directly, but many people work right up until the holidays, right up until Christmas, and they work right after Christmas. And it is, if you work say in retail, the single most stressful time of the year from Thanksgiving. To uh, you know, New Year's is the single most stressful time of year for employees. So bring in a little bit of those uh, cookies for work that Miss Cat recommended. They're fantastic for reconciling family, and they're really good for keeping the peace at work. You know, they have holiday parties, they have whatever. It's a little bit of sweetness at the workplace will help to deal with any kind of uh, stress. And then this is done also, in my opinion, proactively before things get bad at work. Bring in some sweetness. Bring in those cookies that you've prayed over and kind of help to uh, uh, smooth things out and keep things smooth so that you avoid any of the stress at work. Mm-hmm. So Alchemicals Artisans Hour mentioned gingerbread, and then I mentioned Lebkuchen. Those are both um, made with ginger. And ginger is a, a remarkable plant medically it will calm you your stomach it soothes your stomach but it calms you down if you're jittery at all so 
Um, it also tends to be warming and heating. And so um, ginger is a very important spice around this time yeah. of the year. And both Lebkuchen, which is a you know Nuremberger Lebkuchen, or gingerbread, which is a more a British recipe, made similarly. And they can um, be very much uh, a part of your arsenal, as it were, mm-hmm. of cookies. <laughs> your cookie and- arsenal. Spice is the key here, right? We're not just yeah. working with sweetness and sugar and honey. What we're working with is cinnamon and nutmeg and ginger. These warm cloves, these kind of warming spices are the, are the very spices we use in our cookings. There's a reason we use it in the mulled wine. It is associated with this time of year because they're warming, they're comforting, they have a particular smell that's associated with it. There's a reason why stores, blast, any type of store you go into, especially any store that has any cooking involved or grocery, they're blasting cinnamon all, all of November and December. It's wafted everywhere, right? Cinnamon. Um, so there's a, yeah, exactly. It smells a certain way. Do the same thing for your house. You can use those scents in your home to kind of make a particular smell so that your house smells warm and inviting, but also include it in your cooking and your your edible uh, magic not just sweetness but it should be warming spices this is what you use for this time of year to kind of heal the heart mend broken relationships keep away the darkness keep away the blues uh and invite in the warm light yeah cloves is one definitely for that oh, yeah. and um and uh, someone mentioned pomanders and so you know you take an orange and stick the cloves all mm-hmm. over it that is a a real good um Gift and it'll you know hanging them up. They smell fantastic. Cloves are for um, you know. And then um, alchemical artists are beat me. I was just typing the word cardamom and she beat me to it. Oh yeah, cardamom. Oh, yeah. Cardamom, yes. And and um, and cardamom is a, a tremendous um, a spice. It has a. It's also in the um, gingery family. Grains of paradise also. Is another there are there are several of these that that have that same kind of a feel to them. I would also add nutmeg. Mm-hmm. And um, and then along with nutmeg is mace. Um, the nutmeg is the um, hard seed of the nutmeg, and then the mace is the outer fruit, which is dried. It, yeah. it kind of it kind of peels away. It's called the arrel. It peels away, and then it's dried in these pretty little orangey twirls. And um, Mace smells and tastes just subtly different from nutmeg. They're different, but they're similar. And their um, dried dried mace arrows look very beautiful in a potpourri. And, um, mm. you know, you can put a couple of small nutmegs in, but they're not going to get off a lot of scent. The mace will, though, because nutmeg only gives scent when you grate it. So, mm-hmm. um, so what we're going to uh, recommend here is a potpourri um, made with all of those uh, so-called... Uh, you know, Christmassy scents, uh, seasonal spices, mm. the pumpkin yeah. spice scent. If you make a potpourri like that, you're also going to want to put into it some things that are pretty to look at that may not have a scent. So mm-hmm. one of the things I like to use are dried straw flowers, which are known yeah. as life everlasting. And um, there are different types of them, Um Many many types of straw flower, but the the there is no they're all pretty much in the daisy aster family, um, but straw flowers of many types and they come in you can get them dyed or you can get them natural color, and um, and those go nice in the potpourri because they are really not 
petals. They really are bracts of the flower, mm. and they stay the way they are. Um, and uh, there's another one. Um, oh, it's that uh, stachys. It's, it's that purple one. Any of those can go in the potpourri because those remind us that springtime will come again. They look like flowers. They look like the summer mm-hmm. and spring flowers. And so put, put a few of them. They won't add any scent, but they'll go really pretty in the potpourri. So making potpourri is an art in and of itself, and giving potpourri as a oh, gift yes. is another way to connect with people who you might not really be on the best terms with. Mm-hmm. So you can make a potpourri. Every herb and every dried curl, twist, or root, or whatever you're mm. going to put in it has a meaning. Talk about the oh, meaning, yeah. put it in, then with your hands, stir up that potpourri. If you want to spice the potpourri with a tiny drop or two of essential oil, do it, but don't put too much in. Potpourri is like besamum spices. The natural scent should be what's there. Yeah. There's nothing worse on earth than those horrible big box store potpourris that just smell yes. like some weird solvent yes. chemical and all that yes. crap and 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 who knows what the fuck saltwater taffy. I just you just go yeah. what the fuck potpourri, was that? Potpourri so a real that, potpourri that kind of subtle smell. Yeah, a real potpourri yeah. is blended out of real products. But yeah. if you want to keep that potpourri fresh for a while, you can just put a couple of drops of of straight up yeah. essential oil of any one of the ingredients like nutmeg essential oil or cloves essential oil. Just pop it a little bit. Don't pop it over the, all the potpourri because people will pick it up and smell it. If you have cloves, for instance, and they're they're you know they're dried cloves and you want to keep them like mm-hmm. really on top, get a little clove essential oil, drip drip, stir them up separate. Get yourself your mace or whatever you're going to use, a little orange mace curls. Put a little drop of mace oil or nutmeg oil on those. Stir them up, and so that each one is separate. And then you're going to mix them together to make your potpourri. I speak as one who made potpourri for sale. For 20 yeah. years, and um, and also given it as a gift. I'm going to give you one other recipe that um, uh, I like to do, and that is um, a recipe that I make to give away at the holidays for uh, the unification of a family that's having difficulties, and that is what I call frog oops, and that is spelled F-R-O-G-O-O-P-S, frog oops. But it's all one word, frog oops. Or goopy frogs, whatever, frog oops. Frog oops is basically taking trail mix with no salt. In other words, whatever nuts you like, whether it's walnuts, almonds, pecans, you pick your trail mix nuts, you pick your trail mix seeds. You like sunflower seeds, you like no seeds, whatever. You pick your trail mix dried fruit, maybe cranberries, maybe raisins, whatever, chopped up peaches, pears, whatever. Chop them up fine, whatever kind of trail mix you like with no salt. No salt, that's real important. Then you're going to take one of those big old honking five-pound bars of Ghirardelli semi-sweet chocolate, and you're going to melt it in a double boiler. And then you're going to stir in your trail mix until you can stir no more. I mean, you're just it's just coated everything. You have a dozen, 20 cookie sheets, and on those cookie sheets you put aluminum foil. Trust me, you want the aluminum foil. And you just go glop, 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 glop. It's like making... Um, you know, turtles or any of those kind of things, but it's much more complexly flavored. Now, every one of mm. those things in that trail mix has a meaning, a meaning, apricots, um, almonds, peaches. They're in the rose family. They're all for love and sexuality. Think about those meanings. Walnuts keep away enemies. You know the meanings. Y'all go read Who Do at a Glance and you'll see the meanings. Chocolate, I mean, that. my God, that's a medicinal magical right there, and you put it on it, you let them dry, 
and if they get hard, pop them off the aluminum foil, wrap them up in little, uh, you know, oh, you can use little calico square uh, squares with pinking sheared edges and a little ribbon. Bang, there's their frog boobs. If you want to put them in glass jars, you can do that too. If you want to put them in little boxes, you can too. Everybody gets frog hoops. Trust me, they will feel what you put into those frog hoops. Again, something I've done many, many, many years. Frog hoops is a completely uh, flexible. Make sure that some of the um, fruits are a little sour to cut the chocolate, and some of them are mm-hmm. uh, a little more neutral. And make sure yeah, there's a little plenty bit of, of tart. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that sounds delicious, to be honest with you. I was sitting there imagining it in my head and going, oh, that sounds so good. I'm going to make some. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, a product I want, to, I want to kind of point out here, and a Lucky Mojo product that people might not associate with winter or with Christmas, but I think is, is really important to some here. Run Devil Run. It's a little, uh-huh. you know, it's one of the ones that have kind of been forgotten, in my humble opinion. Not a lot of people are thinking about Run Devil Run these days. Um, but more so than, than Uncrossing, than Jinx, is Run Devil Run this time of year. I always tell clients that before they do any type of work, if they're going to, for example, uh, Ms. Kat mentioned that a wonderful potpourri for the house. Before they put out that potpourri, a little bit of Run Devil Run incense in the house. Run Devil Run, clear everything out, take away all the bad. And in uh, traditionally, Run Devil Run would dealt with not just literal devils that you would drive out of your house as well as devils in your life, but also the devils that haunt us psychically and emotionally. So uh, Run Devil Run used to be prescribed by root doctors uh, for people who are dealing with uh, depression, obviously in conjunction working with uh, mental health specialists. Um, but also, you would use Run Devil Run for that uh, alcoholism addiction. So Run Devil Run has a really powerful old kind of formula. You do burn a little bit of uh, Run Devil Run in your house, smoke out the different rooms, cleanse out, drive out any of the darkness that might have seeped into the home, any of the negativity, the sadness, the woes, the blues, anything. Drive it out. That's your way of cleansing and clearing it out, and then make that beautiful potpourri that Miss Cat mentioned. Then bring in the uh, pomade, bring in the uh, uh, the mold spices, bring in the smells and scents that you want in your house. And if you're really good at at, uh, at perfuming, and if you're really good at, if you have a very strong sense of scent, you'll actually layer those smells, right? So you'll have cinnamon and nutmeg, or you'll have cinnamon and clove, and you can layer it in this way. But first, before you do that, you clear away the bad, and you start with uh, run Devil Run. It's one of my favorite ways of working this time of year and a good way to kind of clear the plate and then start the work that you want to do, whether you're lighting candles or, or creating centerpieces or potpourris or, or baking cookies, whatever you're doing. You first start by clearing out anything that might be lurking in the corner with Run Devil Run. Right. Wow, that's right. really that's good. That's a great product. Um, there is a, another, if I was going to mention a product too, because uh, sometimes around this, ho- uh, this the holiday season, I have observed uh, some people um, to not get out as much. And, you know, the weather is not bad. It's understandable the weather is bad. You just have to stay in. But, you know, if it's really good weather, you can get out, get out, see people. And uh, a crucible of courage is one that um, I have recommended to people to, because there's people that like, oh, they don't want to see me. There's this bit of atrophy going on here. And it's like, no, have the courage. Get out. Go get out there. See people. Talk to people. And also around this time, I mean, um, 
I, I do encourage people too to remember that even around this time, helping others is such a, a wonderful spiritual act to to do. Um, mm, be it yeah. uh, donating your time uh, to to um, a, a church, a, a food bank, uh, such things along those lines. Um, uh, recently, I've had friends uh, uh, donate their time to raise money for. Um, for a benefit, uh, raising money for uh, uh, Pine Ridge, the reservation in uh, Pine Ridge, South Dakota, which is one of the poorest, uh, poorest um, Indian reservations, uh, the Lakota Sioux reservation. And, and I've been blessed to be a part to help as well. And it's just, I saw a lot of pictures that they posted of these kids getting their, their, their gifts. And it's just, it's uplifting. It, it really helps mm-hmm. threaten your day, knowing that you helped others. Yeah. Wow, giving back, a, yeah, very powerful. That you know, this is this goes to something that you see. You live out in the snow, and I don't. But I do remember one of the things that people did when I lived in Missouri, and I only learned about it really when I moved there, was to take the children outside, all bundled up, and have them quote make angels in the snow. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd never heard of that till I moved there, and all the kids loved it. You lay on your back in the snow, and you wave your arms up and down, and then you very carefully get up, and you stand and look at it. It looks like an angel with wings. And all the kids like to make angels in the snow, and it made them very happy. Yeah, <laughs> it made me happy. I mean, I've done that many times as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, things that one culture does, uh, another culture may never have heard of, you know. Mhm, mhm. Right. That's very true. And then America is filled with a variety of cultures. I mean, the regionalisms in America are very real, and in many ways, it impacts also the type of hoodoo that people practice. So you will find different traditions from different regions. From people from North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia have a particular way of working, and Virginians have a particular working. Texans have a different way of working, and that influences the the, the kind of working. Well, an example being the fireplace. A fireplace is not massively huge in a place like Southern California. We have some fireplaces, but you know, no one ever really turns them on. Or if they have a fireplace, it's decorative. But in other places of the United States, where it snows, like in this like Miss in Missouri, you bet you you bet your soul that you know they're turning on their fireplace when winter comes around. And there's ways of working things that you can burn in that fireplace uh, that would that would uh, help to uh, you know protect the home or bless the home or drive away the darkness or evil. And if you don't have a fireplace, then you're working with centerpieces or you have a mantle. So there's all of these kind of shape your approach to winter shape what you can do. Do you have a mantle place? Okay, here's how you can put up a fixed candle with something uh, hidden at the bottom of it underneath the candlestick so that you can light throughout the, the, the month uh, and bring about good and harmony. Oh, you don't have a mantle, but you have a big dining room table where everyone's going to eat. Well, this is where you're going to put your centerpiece. So be aware that all the kind of recommendations that we give can be customized to how your house looks how your culture looks, how your practices and traditions are during this time of year. Yeah, it, I'm going to catch up from the chat room. I want to thank Alchemical Artisans Hour for um, maple snow, where you take um, fresh fallen snow and you stir in maple syrup, mm-hmm. and it's like a maple-flavored Italian ice. And um, 
And Reverend James said snow cream. That's another one where you make ice cream with snow. And then I said, yeah, yellow snow. They always used to say don't eat the yellow snow. But yellow snow is like when you go out and pee in the snow. More popular uh, thing around by men because they can kind of manipulate their little hose there. But women can also write words in the snow. If you're if you're a, a clever lady, you can write words in the snow with your pee. And um, I've done it. Uh, simple words. Men can make a little more full sentences. But you know how it goes. Um, those are wishes that you can put into the snow, and they'll melt down into the snow. Um, strangely enough. <laughs> Mhm, mhm, mhm. Working with snow is another really, really cool way of dealing with with winter. We don't get a lot of snow down here uh, in Southern California, but what we do get is rain. So I always mm-hmm. collect the rainwater that shows up around December because it's a particular type of rainwater. It's a cold mm-hmm. rainwater. It's a rainwater that is that has. It's even even kind of if you know how to sense energy, it's got a little bit darker, colder depth mm-hmm. to it. It's almost mm-hmm. as if you've pulled it from some deep dark lake and then you throw it over the desert that is Southern California. Well, gathering that rainwater and using that rainwater in different types of working that makes it really good war water. It makes really good types of waters that you can work with, and it's very different from the spring rains that we get. It's only really two right. rains. That, that that Southern California gets. But if you know how to work with the different seasonal rains, this is something mm-hmm. you can do with the rainwater of, of winter for SoCal. <laughs> it's cold rain is our snow. <laughs> exactly. Also we've had we've have mentioned California's sister mentioned fruitcake recipes. And fruitcake yeah. is another one that is all of those little fruits, so they come in different colors, they're chopped up. Think about them, pray on them. Fruitcake is a wonderful food. It's it's just excellent food, and it's spicy. All those things you're going to put in it have meaning, and they are mm-hmm. uh, fabulous. Here in um, California, we have a, a week grow these Japanese persimmons, fuyu persimmons, and uh, we have a recipe that many, many old families have been in California for a while make. It comes out of the um, Sunset All Western Cookbook. It is a steamed persimmon pudding, and you can make hard sauce with it. It's just a particular recipe that is real common in California. I've had it everywhere, Southern California, Northern California, but you have to have those fuyu persimmons. It's like an old British steamed pudding, but it's just different. It's just our persimmon pudding. It's a wonderful thing to to make. Persimmons are a fruit that is uh, bitter to the point that they're like make you ooh, you just you feel like you've had alum in your mouth. They're terrible, but when they mm-hmm. ripen. They turn so sweet, and they have this cinnamony taste. Now, you can make this persimmon pudding with um, the persimmons from the East Coast and the Midwest, but it, they're sweeter, and this is a particular recipe. But you can find your own persimmon pudding recipe back East. I'm talking about our California persimmons. They turn right. sweet. So this is, again, a recipe for people who have been bitter and horrible in your <laughs> life. And uh, you give them that little persimmon pudding. It's traditional to make them in coffee cans. Just uh, you know, or a tomato soup can, or whatever you're going to make it. Steam them up, and you wrap them in aluminum foil. That's just the way it's done around here. You slice it up, you can heat it, and you put hard sauce on each slice. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But again, it makes a gift that says, "I wish all the bitterness, the alum, the terribleness of our relationship is going to turn to sweet in due time." And you just send them that persimmon pudding. Mm 
Uh, I want to mention a couple products also in addition. I, I talked about Run Devil Run, but these products I'm are my go-to during winter time. For those of that are astrologically inclined or, or astrologers like myself, and even if you're not, these products are really easy to use. Um, uh, sun oil or any type of sun product mm-hmm. during this time is a great. It helps to uplift, but also Jupiter because this is a Saturnian period of time, and Jupiter helps to balance out any of that kind of Saturnian influence. You can burn some uh, Jupiter incense. You can burn some Jupiter oil or light some Jupiter candles. And then, of course, the all-purpose wonderful Van Van. Van Van has that wonderful, bright scent. Um, It's very uplifting, the smell. If you're dealing with any type of icky situation, if you're dealing with any type of situation where you're worried about family members coming over, make yourself a, a mist or a spray from Van Van. Just spritz it about when people are about to walk into your house and right when they leave. Just spritz, 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 and it helps to clear anything out and ensure that you maintain harmony in the home and the, you remain the kind of balance in your home. You can even use it as a hand wash. Just spray a little bit on your hands and, and rub your hands together and then flick your hands off as you're flicking off excess water. Really great way of energetically, spiritually keeping yourself clean, keeping your home clean. It's what I call the kind of touch-up oil. It's really good to have and handy, and it's really easy. Just a couple, little bit in a spray bottle and spritz it about the house before people show up and right after they leave. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And um, after after you've had those family members in your home who you, you know, you had to do it and, or whatever, uh, you do want to clean up after them. California's sister mm-hmm. mentions this. Clean the bathroom after they leave. Um, there are many things that can be done to clean out their influence. One is to burn incense. Uh, you yeah. don't have to be do the whole charcoal with the whole fumigation and the big thurible thing. Even just a little <laughs> stick incense will work. Um, but you do want to just waft that around and open the doors and windows and um, and pray this room is cleaned, and then close the doors and windows when the incense is done. Sometimes the best way to deal with those family members that bring you down is simply to let them go when they're gone. They're gone. They're mm-hmm. gone. That's it. You know. Um, and uh, so that is uh, oh, California sisters as use sea salt to cleanse the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one too, and I like to spray piece water, uh, you know, shake up piece water and spray it in the bathroom myself. But that's just me. Uh, everyone's got their own way. But um, mm-hmm. there's a uh, there's also another um, tradition, and that's Christmas cards. So let's talk about Christmas cards. If you are sending people Christmas cards, you can use um, any kind of um, a bath crystal and put a little dissolve it in a little bit of water and you can use that water to seal the envelope that the Christmas cards go in. So anything from run devil run, you know, keep the fuck out of my life. I never want to hear from you again, but I have sent you a twenty five dollar Amazon gift card <laughs> Christmas card. Use that um dissolved um crystals or it could be please come back to the family. I miss you. Uh you know, return to me or whatever it is Uh, dissolve that in a little water, and instead of licking the envelope, you're going to just use that little water to um, put your prayer. They're going to tear the envelope open. They'll get in touch with it. If you use gift cards as gifts, you can um, 
put a little bit of the same liquid on them, just let it dry. Okay, it won't hurt them from being used. You don't want to soak them. You don't want to mess up the gift cards. But, but just if they are a plastic gift card, just just draw a little X on it, draw a little heart on it, let it dry. Okay, and that way the gift it's called dressing the gift cards. You know, um, and it does work um, if you put some good prayer in it, and um, and dressing the envelopes with the Christmas cards, same thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to shout out. Uh, Brooms, just real quick. Brooms. We yes. talked about them last week, uh, and they're perfect for this time of year for cleaning, cleansing, and getting rid of unwanted things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that brings us to the the tradition of the cinnamon broom. A lot of people like cinnamon brooms in their house. They make a nice little cute stocking stuffer. You can buy these little mini cinnamon brooms. I'm looking at one right now. This thing is cute. This is a cinnamon broom. It's uh, no bigger than, uh, no longer than, uh, what? I got a ruler right here. Let me just measure this little puppy. Yep, it. this little thing is uh, six inches clean. It's a six-inch long, tiny whisk broom made of cinnamon. But it's made of pine, and then they've dipped it in cinnamon essential oil. It says classic cinnamon broom. Um, they make a great little stocking stuffer, but they also convey a message. You know, new broom sweeps clean. And um, they smell very Christmassy. Send one to everybody in the family, you know, just as a little stocking stuffer. <laughs> Nagashiva says in the chat room, I can almost smell it from here. Yes, <laughs> and I have to say that this cinnamon broom I'm holding right here is in, in my home office was sent to me by one of my clients whom I love dearly. She sent this to me as a little stocking stuffer. Um and I'm so grateful to her. I'm not going to call her name and embarrass her, but she's one of my really nice clients. And uh, she sent me um, two dozen red roses and a little cinnamon broom. Love the lady. Just love her. Excellent. Excellent. And really around this time, too, um, just more on a practical side, um, do, do something different. Uh, sometimes we do fall into habits every year that uh, we get stuck. Uh, for various reasons, make sure you do something different. Like, I couldn't hear you, honey. Rich. You're breaking up. Oh, oh, uh, oh, how was that? Go ahead. Try okay. again. Oh, uh, I said uh, during this time we kind of get into habits that have negative habits that have happened in prior years, and you know we sometimes have to break cycles too. Um, uh, you know, cut and clear is always helpful if we're going to use some spiritual products, but create a whole new ritual that is um, that that helps to uplift your spirits. Do something uh, around this time as well. Break the cycles of the previous years if you find yourself in uh, a negative annual habits. You know, something occurs to me. I'm sitting here coming up with one thing after another on how to deal with family members I've had trouble with, <laughs> and other people are talking about how to deal with their own depression. This really does, I mean, the, it, Christmas is good, uh, you know, winter, it's whatever. For me, for me, my big problem is all the, you know, shit, man, you know, I'm 71 years old. There's been so much water under the bridge. You know what I'm saying? There's that lady I'll never speak to again. And there's that, you know, whatever. And these aren't all family members. At this point, I've had so many marriages and so many exes and so many Jesus, McJesus, you know, the the surviving brother of my daughter's ex-fiance, you know. And um, 
You know what I'm saying? It's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so I want to bring them, them into my heart and bring them into my life. And the, uh, the bad ones, I want to mend fences with. And the good ones, like the, the, the aforementioned um, brother of the daughter's ex-fiance, I want to draw them closer. So they are the ones who I want to give the little chocolatey gift to. So, interesting. All right. Well, that was our, um, yeah, that was our bumper music. So we're going to turn this over to our fabulous announcer, um, Papa Newt, and he's going to tell us what's coming up next. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandreworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phone and take our first client of the night. Uh, and we have our co- uh, client calling in from area code 209 in Northern California. This is Callie Mojo Girl. Callie Mojo Girl, are you there? Uh-oh. Hi, Callie Mojo Girl. Hello. Hi. Hi. There you are. Welcome back. Um, all right. And I see you're a returning guest. Um, and I see here that you've written uh, a thing that says, what is root work I can do to stay positive and optimist, uh, optimistic myself, keeping order and discipline, but uh, be empowering and support the children. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've missed, I'm so sorry. I have missed uh, some information here. I apologize. Okay. I am so sorry. Can you just briefly, because I'm reading what Nagashiva has sent me. Can you just briefly give us a brief description of your situation? I am so sorry. Absolutely. It's okay, talking it. We're all kind of doing this on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so uh, next week I start a new job where I will be an after-school teacher at an elementary school. It's kind of in a rough neighborhood, um, So, but I look forward to it. And so the question that I sent in was, because when I, I had put in the chat room, that I like to do spell work on myself to be able to navigate situations there. And I said, hey, I have a, I have a situation coming right up. So what can I do, spell work either on myself or, you know, sneaky drink in the classroom or whatever, but just to help um, keep order and, but at the same time insp- inspire these kids and be empowering okay. and loving because um, they're in a rough place. You know, a lot of them have seen a lot of sure. things that kids shouldn't see. Okay. Better, so. All right. I think we got it. I think we did get it. Um, it, it. We got a little confused there, but it is, what is root work I could do to stay positive, teaching an after-school pro- program with elementary-age children, and uh, stay optimistic, keep order and discipline, be empowering, and support the children's self-esteem. Okay. Got that. Now, um, let's see. We got This is, um, well... I guess we're going to go to Ollie for our first mm-hmm. reading, and then we're going to go to Newt, and I will give the root work, okay? So let's turn it over to Contraband Ollie. Yeah, um, I've done three, I've pulled three cards here to see 
uh, what path we should take in, in regards to this. And I'm going to speak to you, but I'm also speaking a little bit to Kat here uh, in regards to uh, root work. The very first card that we have here is the uh, Eight of Wands. And the Eight of Wands uh, traditionally in, in the tarot card represents uh, communication, but they're also the arrows that fly across uh, the landscape, and they can refer to things like the evil eye, they can miscommunication, um, uh, chaos, a lot of things kind of being up in the air. You, you're, you're entering into an area where uh, there is some great blessing in it. Teaching is an amazing profession. After school, teaching is amazing, and what you're doing here is, is really admirable, and it's a fantastic path to take, and I think you'll find it very rewarding in the following cards, but it also is going to take a little bit of adjusting. Working with any form of kids, and I say this as, as a person who doesn't work with kids but who has family members that work with kids, working with kids means you take on a lot of what they bring. And sometimes that's quite literal. Teachers are the first people in the world to get sick, and the reason they get sick is because of the older students or some of their students will bring those sicknesses, illnesses, whatever, into the, into the classroom. So just be aware of that, right? Like you're going to be dealing with a lot of people. And dealing with a lot of people means you kind of deal with a little bit of their baggage, both quite literally, as well as spiritually and emotionally. So there's going to be a little bit of chaos at first. And that's okay. Don't be alarmed by that. Don't let that put you on. Um, you're going to need to do work in order to address that chaos, to bring yourself fully into your into your power. And we see that in the next card, the Ace of Pentacles. The Ace of Pentacles tells us the route that we should take. You should do a talismanic work, some type of work that will give you a talisman, a mojo bag, uh, something you can wear, a ring, a necklace, etc. And this should be protective. This should be uh, aimed at filtering out the bad and cultivating the good. Uh, the Ace of Pentacles also is a message that what you're doing is a gift and that you will have a gift for it and you will find blessings in it. The gift of teaching mm -hmm. is a gift that gives back. So as you teach, as you guide, as you help, you in turn will reap benefits from it. The Ace of Pentacles has this beautiful kind of uh, give and take in, in this notion of, of balance. As you give blessings, you receive blessings, so to speak. Here, the golden, the, the, the hand of God is reaching out with a golden coin, and beneath it, we see the benefits of that blessing, which is the garden beneath. So, this is a good path for you to take, but you need to do some talismanic work to protect yourself. And the final card that I have is the Knight of Wands. The Knight of Wands is a helper. Uh, you might consider working with a root worker on this matter, uh, perhaps a male root worker or a male guardian. You should also consider working with a male ancestor here. Now, we might go, oh teaching a male ancestor. Yeah, because you want someone who is going to be protective and you want to cultivate that authority. So maybe some type of work that balances John the Conqueror with Queen Elizabeth. Both forms of authority, both forms of command, both forms of, of, of natural control. Um, working together in that balanced way would really be useful for you. You can have a male ancestor with some really powerful female uh, roots. You can do a kind of mix and balance here, but bringing in a little bit of that male energy that we see in the Knight of Wands, this kind of fiery, uh, powerful advocate, bringing a little bit of that male energy is going to go a long way into kind of shoring up your own abilities to command.
hand. Uh, so consider something like a fascinating ring or consider something like a charm that you'll wear around your necklace or, or a mojo bag, but that also had an element of a protective male ancestor uh, along with some uh, commanding uh, and some uh, controlling and mastery roots and success roots all kind of mixed together. That's what I see here. Um, this, this is a good path for you, and I do see that it will be bare some wonderful, beautiful fruit and that you will be find emotional fulfillment here. Just a little bit of magic to help deal with that early chaos that's going to show up uh, when you first start. That's my reading. I'm going to turn this over to uh, Papa Newt, who's going to do your next reading, and then you're going to have uh, Miss Cat, who herself is an earth sign, so very much tied to that ace of pentacles, uh, who will help you with the uh, uh, root work. All right. Uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly Magic Girl, it's a pleasure to read for you this evening. Um, I am just reading with the uh, the Marseille Tarot. I'm just reading with the Major Arcana, just to see the play, how things are playing out. Um, I do see the very first card is the Hermit card. You are going to be bringing in um, a lot of light into these uh, uh, these children's lives, but it's going to be a challenge, you know, at first, because the next card transition speaks about the, uh, the wheel of fortune. There's going to be your ups and downs, and that's just, uh, I mean, that's just life. Life is fixed. It's the wheel of life spins, and because of that, you also need to make sure that you're going to, of course, you're going to face some challenging um, situations and experiences to also make sure that you are taking care of yourself, balancing yourself, which is spoken with the uh, temperance card following that. You also need to make sure that um, uh, self-care is taken care of, that you find a way to uh, balance your uh, work life and uh, personal life. And, uh, as, as you go through this new adventure, but also what is going to be important too, uh, and I, I do uh, stand strong with what uh, Contraband Ali has said, is that the last card is to have uh, strength, well, the second last card is to have strength. Mm -hmm. The strength card is here of the woman with the lion. She is not being forceful uh, to opening the lion's mouth, but she is being firm, but yet gentle in, in, uh, Moving the the this you know this lion that is very ferocious into uh, more of a gentler um, um, pose, and with this work will come work for you and the children that you help because the sun card is the last card I have. Um, so just you know find your balance and strong, but also you've got this. Nice, thank you. All right. Well, you know it's interesting. Now, you can hear me design a spell based around these. I'm going to tell you what I see. First of all, we have the Eight of Wands, and Wands are candles, and so that says eight candles, right? Next, we have the Ace of Pentacles, and that says to me coins. And I'm thinking these kids, angel coins, angel coins, like the, the ones that uh, we talk about all the time, angel coins. You can buy them online. We, we sell them, too. Then we have the Knight of Wands. That's another candle. That's a central candle, you see, central candle, um, because it's a knight and it, it's bigger. And so I'm thinking, hmm. And then uh, Ali said, uh, John the Conqueror, Queen Elizabeth, commanding. Okay, now, so I'm going, okay, dress that central candle with that. Then we got the um, the Hermit. Okay, so that says be a little bit aloof, but you got to let your light shine. So, again, we got this idea of the central candle. Wheel of Fortune uh, has... Uh, some animals in the corners, and I always say, well, this has to do with um, 
observation, and um, it, it could also have to do with any kind of, um, uh, you might have to eject some students who are not good, uh, reinforce the ones who are coming up. Um, it also mm-hmm. could be, um, uh, it, it, it talks to the four elements. Temperance has iris flowers behind it. So that reinforces that Queen Elizabeth root because that's the root of the iris flower that was in that John the Conqueror Queen Elizabeth root that Ollie said. And then um, strength and uh, the sun both, again, go to the idea of fire and they both go to the idea of rewards. Okay? Now, uh, because the child has a banner, the child has a little feather in the cap. So... I'm going to give you a rewards program for these children that's going to involve your safety, their um, excellence, and what you're going to do. You're going to get eight candles. They can get um, eight yellow candles for the sun, for all that yellowness, right? Eight yellow Mm -hmm. candles, and you're going to want eight little candle holders. You can put them in a circle. At the center, you're going to get those angel coins. If you're going to have 30 kids in the school, you know, however many you're going to teach, 20, get some extra, get those angel coins, put them in a nice flat brass bowl. In that bowl, you're going to make another candle holder that's going to be with a master candle, but you don't have to use a master hand candle. You can use any kind of larger candle. I would not use glass encased. You want a, a candle that has some... Um, you know, like a nine-inch jumbo, or it could be a six-inch candle if the other is are four inches, or it could be a nine-inch candle if the others are six inches. It's going to be bigger, and that is an orange candle. And that orange candle you're going to dress with John the Conqueror oil, Queen Elizabeth root oil, commanding oil, right? Okay. And so that is the helper of all of them. Okay. Now you're going to pray for these children to be um, to receive good rewards. You can take and dress those. Um, uh, those coins with these same oils, right? And, um, you know, just toss them lightly with the oils as you put them in the bowl and then put that candle on. And you're going to burn these candles one a day for eight days, but you're going to set them all up in a circle because teaching is always about timing, right? So you set those eight candles up in a circle and you're just going to put dip, 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 dip. And um, eight days a week, you know, that means it's an eight-day week. You're going to go for eight <laughs> days and you end on the same day that you started. What day are you going to start? Sunday, because it was the day the sun candle, uh, the sun card came out. That's how I design a spell. Now you understand some of my thinking. It is not a traditional spell. I think I know you know the kind of prayers you would say, but you're going to start mm-hmm. with uh, you're going to start on a Sunday and light those candles one a day, and you're going to uh, have that bigger candle. You're going to light during the time that the little ones go. Say let's start start with um, four inch candles and a nine inch. Those four inches will burn out. You pinch your nine inch one out. See what I'm saying? You just want to let it go around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all eight. Um, you're going to pray for. Uh, those children to be to do good. Now, instead of gold stars, you're going to be the teacher who gives out gold coins. This is going to make you so special. You see, <laughs> they're just going to be. If anyway, they didn't cost you nothing. I mean, they're whatever. You just get, if you do good, you get you get an angel coin, and you just tell them an angel coin. You don't have to, don't have to tell them nothing about heaven. You don't have to tell them about angels. You don't have to tell them about spirit. Well, you know, this angel coin. Right now, uh, the one thing about those angel coins, we do know President Obama carried those angel coins in his hands, and that makes a good impression on people. If you can find that picture, go online, look for that picture of President Obama's angel coin. Well, just look President Obama's charms. You'll see that picture, and that angel coin. President Obama carried them in his pockets, and he and he would show me. Look at, I got these angel coins. They're still made. Um, they wow. make a great. The make yeah, and that's gonna those children will then go. This is good. This was owned, and not that damn Donald Trump 
fucked up man. This is going to be a good president. He carried these coins, and that's so that you can always have a blessing on you. You see? All right. Now, I hope that spell yes. works for you. I I think it will be a good spell. I think it will be something that you can do that will help the children. Now, other rewards that are that are important here because of the cards that came out. Red, red the color red was was emphasized here with strength, with the sun, right. um, the feather and the cap and so forth. You might want to do a little system of, of red and gold. You you know whatever kind of little prizes you're going to give. Now you said you're going to be uh, teaching. What what um what topic are you going to be teaching in this after school program? It'll be a, a combination of um, basically we're echoing what was taught academically during the day, and then including um, some a little you know time for physical ed. But mostly we're at whatever whatever projects we do have to kind of connect to whatever the teacher taught during the daytime. So, so you'll some, get a some, you'll get a worksheet from the teacher. So it's going to vary. It could be math. It could be reading. It could be anything. Right, right. And then we could do like an art project concerning some social science topic that was taught in the day, something like that. Got it. Got it. It's very okay. flexible. This is this is a very very nice. I would incorporate music if I could because the strength card has the lady oh. and the lion. And uh, we always say music comes the savage beast or the savage breast, as it may be. But music, I find that the strength card does call out to music and communication along that line. So maybe a song yeah. that brings up, you know, um, we're just going to play this piece of music or whatever. Um, another one, the sun uh, card always speaks to rewards. Flowers, uh, the flowers in the hair of the little child, sunflowers. Um, I don't know if you're empowered and how old these children are, if you're empowered to give them a snack or not. Different laws, different states, different cities. But if there is a snack, the sunflower always responds to healthy snacks. Don't be giving them candy bars, right? Because sunflower seeds are healthy and good for us. Um, Give them some frog oops. You know, I don't know. Give them some frog oops with some sunflowers in it. Um, Red, the color of red is is always a reward color. The little child has a red feather in the cap and is riding on a horse waving a red banner. So that's a good one. Um, Temperance shows a crown at at the back, so a golden crown. Again, the idea of a crown... Uh, is good. A star is, of course, we always give people gold stars. But the idea of a crown is a is a nice thing to to you know emphasize that they win a crown. Um, yeah. The hermit, the hermit is the most negative card out of this set. That says your biggest problem is going to be that you might be aloof and shy, right? Mm-hmm. But you gotta catch, get your light shining. There's that star again, the gold star. The hermit has a gold star. So make yourself available. And um, if you do feel withdrawn, let your light shine. That's really important, okay? Yes. All right. Anybody else want to pitch in with any other ideas? Uh, just something that came to mind was just uh, you could create, like, just a little uh, mojo bag that you keep just in the um, the classroom area uh, with, yeah. like, sun, sun, uh, uh, sunflower seeds in there, uh, just kind of the sun influence, peach oh. uh, tree leaves. Uh, King Solomon Wisdom, for example, just to bring in that influence and guidance. Well, yeah. I have nothing to add, just to say that this was such a beautiful working, and I love the way the cat built it up from, from the cards. I think it's going to be really helpful for your situation, uh, and is exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. And totally. uh, thank you. Yeah. Just just um, prepare yourself. All those wands cards do indicate that that a fire. You know, preparing yourself with a little, um, uh, you know, a, a candle spell will work. But always, you want yes. the central candle to be for you. That central candle is for you to be the leader, commanding oil on that one, and that John the Conqueror and Queen Elizabeth. If you want to dress the little candles for the children, you just might want to dress them with crown of success. Um, okay. But but you need to be that central candle around which they all rotate, as it were, or or you know. Okay. If at any time you feel it. like you're facing a struggle, and if you feel like you um don't have um, the power that you need, you can uh, light again uh, another commanding uh, candle for yourself for the center. But I would keep it orange, not purple, because you really want to be a communicator. You want to be bright Mm -hmm. and light. It's not to be like rulership from authority and, you know. Okay? I wish you all the luck in the world, and um, be known as the the lady who gives out the angel coins for good work. (laughs) All right. Well, here is our music, and we know what comes next because we've done this a million times, so take it away. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with yours truly, Papanute of Papanute.com in Omaha, Nebraska. And for our free spell today, um, I came across a little working. I modified it. Uh, it was for a client that was kind of uh, had some, was down during the season. And it was a little lamp to bring some light into their uh, situation. And what I had put in, you can get just a, you can go down to any kind of uh, craft stores, any kind of regular stores and pick up an oil lamp. And in the oil lamp, you will want to put in, even uh, wise, I put in holly leaves and mistletoe for that protection, keeping those evil spirits at bay. Um, Althea leaves just to bring in, because sometimes there is that element of healing during the season, but also to bring in those benevolent spirits. King Solomon, or the Solomon root, uh, is to, uh, the seal root is to help bring wisdom during this time. Uh, Angelica roots bring in that uh, angelic influence. Uh, cloves, cloves for that heat, but also to, to um, keep false speech or, or cattiness that can come with gathering that day. Um, also in uh, cinnamon, just for that heat of the, of the season, hyssop is one that I'd like to work with just to help bring in um, a sense of forgiveness that is sometimes needed during this uh, time. But also one thing I do enjoy is life everlasting. Um, and it's such a bright uh, the the yellow flower is just so bright and warm, and it just gives a little um, 
uh, extra uh, life to a time that, uh, especially in, like in my area where you have no, there's snow and not much growing on. Um, on the, uh, a lot of the lamps you can get will come with like a flat wick. Um, I do encourage of writing like Psalms 34 verses 18 through 19, where it goes, the Lord is, is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as he of a, a contrite spirit. May, uh, many are the afflictions of the of the righteous, but the, the Lord uh, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Uh, on one side, the other side, Psalms uh, 32 uh, verses 7 through 8. Um, uh, thou art my hidden place; thou shalt preserve me from uh, trouble. Thou shalt uh, compass me about uh, with songs of deliverance. Uh, shall I? Uh, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Um, I have put in to this uh, for the client I have used. I do enjoy the Rose of Crucifixion oil, um, just because it does bring up that comfort and love and blessing of, of uh, uh, Jesus' influence. Uh, you could, if you so choose something a little different, uh, you could put in something more uplifting, like a fan band. Uh, but you do want to hold up that that the well of that lamp up to your mouth and pray into it. Bring into bring those those herbs to life, uh, and tell them what it is to do to keep joy into the home, to keep uh, uh, spirits of of gluttony and greed at bay, spirits that uh, cloud the mind, uh, to bring joy upon the, the family and your loved ones or in the space. And you can uh, keep it uh, burning at a very low uh, light during the dark season, especially during the darkest time of the year. Wow. Well, that's, that is really interesting. Now, you you mentioned all those herbs and roots, and I'm just going to make sure you're you're talking about putting them in the reservoir of the oil lamp and then pouring the oil on them, right? And then lighting it, right? Just want to make sure people understand. If anyone has a question about oil lamps, because they often do, uh, you can look in the black folder, and there's some articles there about oil lamps. You can make them out of vegetable oil with a a loose. Um, a bandage cloth or cheesecloth type wick. You can make them in a kerosene or lamp oil lamp with a with a uh, braided woven flat wick. But always, no matter how you make them, be assured that whatever is in the oil is not going to suddenly explode and catch on fire. That's not the way oil lamps work. So the black folder, um, there is an article by um, Dr. E, Eddie Gutierrez, and there is an article by Professor Charles Porterfield. They are both in that black folder book, and they will teach you ways to make two different kinds of lamps. And um, that there's also some mention in my book, um, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. Okay. I love this way of working. I love the idea of a lamp that is that is used to keep the light in the home. It's long-term work that you can do. You know, candles burn out, but you can keep a lamp going in perpetuity. I love this type of work. Such a great spell. And it's something too that you can keep. Uh, you can have during uh, you know the holiday season. Uh, you can use it even during when there is no holiday. You know, when it's not the holiday season. Um, but if you decide to just keep it for the, the holiday season, you know, you store it. Uh, but 
Uh, it's a wonderful, working with Lance in, in such a way helps us to really bring, it's just that light of, of the prayer radiates out into the space, which is so wonderful. And if you have loved ones that don't live with God, um, get pictures of them and set them around um, that lamp to have them in the light of, of the prayers that you work. Um, uh, so they are influenced by it. Yeah. That's a, that's a real, I mean, a lamp is something that's also very permanent, um, even mm-hmm. the longest-lasting candles run out. But those exactly. who work with lamps know you can add more fuel without extinguishing the lamp if you work carefully. So that's why it's called an everlasting light. And um, mm-hmm. that that is something that will uh, – you can run it through the whole holiday season, if you wish, and run it on into the New Year's, if you wish. But um, candles will go out. Even the the biggest glass-encased candle will go out. But a lamp can last forever. And that is so important as we go through this time period of darkness. We want to make sure that we hang with it um, a long time. Okay. Now, there is an old tradition of these lamps. And I mentioned Hanukkah at the beginning. And I'll close out with that. Hanukkah lamps used to be made with oil. Mm -hmm. They make them with candles now. And, um, but the oil lamp tradition was the old tradition. Same is true in hoodoo. Oil lamps were the old tradition. Candles came along later. No reason not to use candles, but mm-hmm. oil, but oil lamps are earlier, of both vegetable oil and kerosene. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this was wonderful, and thank you so much, Papa Newt, for being our guest. And um, I guess I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> turn this over to our announcer Papa Newt (laughs) and he's going to read us our closing announcements after which we'll all come back and we'll all say goodbye one way or another. All right, take it away Papa Newt. Thank you Miss Kat and Conjurman Ali and and thank you all for being here it was a pleasure uh, being a guest with you all. Uh, We do invite you to join us uh, next week though we will not be here actually because the next two weeks we do have holiday rebroadcasts taking place so I believe we will return in the new year. (laughs) So once again we come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Figure Rumor Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company Forestville, California. You can find this cat by the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer and special guest today, Papa Newt, joining you from PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rumor Hour can be heard every week live on Long Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives by LuckyMojo.com slash RadioShow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here, and I invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Falls. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Papa Newt. So again, just to remind you all, next two weeks we're going to have rebroadcasts. In the meantime, if you're looking for answers, you can always go to the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. Ask questions, we'll give you the answers. Yep. Now, I do want to remind everybody that in May, May 11th and 12th, we're going to be having our Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Tickets are not on sale yet. We'll be announcing that when we come back live in January. 
In the meantime, we do want you to have a wonderful, happy holiday. Make sure that mm-hmm. you have a little bit of stimulants along with your depressants. In other words, if you're going to be drinking alcohol, I want to make sure you have some coffee or chocolate on hand. <laughs> Keep yourself awake, alive, and alert. I don't want anyone to, to run off the road. All right. Boy, that music just came up out of nowhere. Time to say good night. Good night. Happy holidays. Okay. 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 Okay.